Alright, don't know what that was all about. Twitch decided to have a little temper tantrum. Had to put it in the corner. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into underground sports philadelphia episode number 368 it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios we got a loaded show uh it's it's the week of the shit show between ben simmons is back allegedly uh john gruden gets fired resigned exposed over emails that he sent uh that he shouldn't have been sending and he probably sent some today complaining about losing his job uh, Adam Schefter's all in the news, uh, getting his journalistic integrity questioned, and uh, the baseball playoffs are just absolute shit show and a nightmare fuel for Phillies fans. Plus, we'll have our buffs and snuffs survivor segment at the end of the show, so stick around for that. And of course, tune into our Twitter Spaces after tonight's episode of Survivor uh, on the Twitter.com to discuss everything that went down. And uh, join the party over there. But before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small badge eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart with sunglasses, blue light glasses, Everything in between, and when you go to check out, use our code USP. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your entire order. Our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. You guys can get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com. And uh, when you go to check out with the one liter bottles of vodka in your cart, you can use code USP to get 10% off of those bad boys. It's seven times distilled vodka, certified gluten-free, blended with electrolytes on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G. And uh, it's won awards for best packaging in the world. So go to statesidevodka.com now and load up on your favorite stateside products. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. And you got to be 21 or older to crack open an ice cold Kenny to enjoy shit show week. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? I'm living the dream. We, uh, like we've said, it is, it is the week of the shit show. And it all started with Ben Simmons arriving unannounced to the Sixers facility. And as everyone has put it, kind of like your food delivery service driver showing up, but it's your hundred plus million dollar quote-unquote point guard showing up uh after he said i'm not i'm not showing up i'm not doing it and uh elton brand allegedly got a text saying ben simmons is here (laughs) he's outside the facility and uh apparently he can't join the team either because 
we all know he's afraid of shots. He's apparently not vaccinated. Yeah, so I was trying to do like more digging into that. I can't find an exact uh, clear answer. It's weird because he was traveling a lot. He went to like obviously Wimbledon, very famously, right? Uh, a lot of those places you need to be vaccinated to go to, or the negative test thing. But uh, I, I think he might be. It seems just very like speculative at this point. I think the biggest thing is more like him just returning with his tail between his legs meekly asking for his eight million dollar bonus which is still in an escrow account getting money taken out of it because he wasn't reporting for preseason games um i'm just saying maybe he was the one leaking the, the gruden story to the new york times because uh, he like uh the the mothman himself just <laughs> shows up along with uh, an absolute tornado of a story but i uh i'm not thrilled i'm not happy but i also we kind of expected this because after, especially after the draft, after the free agent deadline, like there's only so many places you can even trade him. There's only so many, so many workarounds. We get another very specific trade decline, which again, just put it on Keeps the table on because I have never in my life seen so, so many times that a trade has been declined by another team and it's immediately leaked with the exact details of the trade. I've never seen that before, ever, in the NBA, in my life. It's very strange. We've seen it. This is the fourth or fifth time that we've had a, a denied Simmons trade with the exact details of the trade. That just doesn't happen. And one time is whatever. Five times is beyond a coincidence. Um, so I'm not thrilled to have him back. I'm sure he's not thrilled to be back. I don't really care. Uh, but if you're being realistic about it, the only way to move forward, I guess, is for him to play basketball games uh i don't know how that's going to work nope. because he didn't go full scorched earth but he went um he went like 70 percent, which is about typical for ben simmons he obviously didn't fully commit to the bit but he did say some things that i think were not great he didn't again they weren't disparaging they weren't awful um and i'm sure him and his teammates could probably work through those things but not the ideal situation to have also, your season starts in a week, and he's just, just showing wild. up now. He won't be able to practice until Friday with the team. So that's not amazing either that he's barely been around. He hasn't been with the coaches. He hasn't been with you know everyone working out and, and playing. Uh, in fact, he's shunned a lot of these guys from coming to visit him in L.A. It is incredibly, incredibly awkward this is like every single teen movie awkwardness maxed up to 10 all in a ball because it's just, I don't know how the team moves forward from here. And it is, uh, at least where you're not the, the biggest shit show in the division, at least. <laughs> um, well, maybe, maybe we're on the same tier actually. Yeah. I think, I think it's in the same tier, but you Both know, of I, our point guards won't show up. Right. For, for different reasons, I think. Or now similar. It's just, um, it sucks. The whole situation sucks. I think the best thing, like the best scenario at this point is he plays, he rehabs some of his value, and, you know, uh, you find a, a partner, you know, in January for him. And that's, and you just, you, you move on. Um, right now, this is the showing up to your kid's recital, you know, while the divorce papers are getting, like, finalized. You know that in two months you're going to be living in separate houses, but let's just put a brave face on for the kids and not ruin their childhood too much. 
Um, we're the kids in this situation, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just um, I'm over it. I'm over the Ben Simmons stuff. This entire drama has been exhausting. We have been. It's I'm I'm I don't want to see him play for this team ever again. I've said that I don't know how many times now. I'm not particularly looking forward to the Sixers playing a basketball game, but I'll uh, I'll tune in, of course. And I I'm just not ready for this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not emotionally and mentally prepared to to deal with this this mess that we have lying in front of us. How much hang up do you think is over the IP of the uh, the Boathouse Row jerseys? <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's there's quite a bit you know what's crazy too is like you know ben made this big show of like oh i put my houses up for sale and, and apartments and whatever and it's like christ alive man like i you know it's just such an uncomfortable situation like mm-hmm. I, I it's just even as a fan just like god this dude was like so adamant about never coming back and that he never intended to come back and face to the fans and now it's like, oh, well, actually, I am back <laughs> because I, you know, no one wanted me. I don't know if this, maybe this will be a reality check for him. I don't know what, nothing, let's be, let's be honest. There are people that, and some of it I think is tongue in cheek, and I think some people are making jokes. I try not to take everything I see on Twitter too seriously. But there are people legitimately making arguments that this is going to, like, spur him on, or that, oh, he's going to, like, out of spite have this great year, and it's like, I don't think Ben Simmons is actually capable of that. I don't think he no. cares enough. I know that maybe that sounds cliche or like I'm just grasping at straws. I really just don't think Ben Simmons cares. If he did, he would have improved his game at this point in his career, and he hasn't. Remember, I, Joel Embiid said some people aren't built like that. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm <laughs> I'm kind of tired of like the uh, everyone bringing up how Doc and Embiid threw him under the bus, which is bullshit, number one, because they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and two, even if they did, he deserved it. And three, both of those guys blame themselves in like the very next sentence. Mm-hmm. Everyone always throws a fit about how uh, media sucks now and you know everything's clickbaity. And number one, clickbait is a thing because it works. And number two, these people can't ever be bothered to actually read a full quote. They just get it like <laughs> they just get it aggregated to them. Like it, it, they just have an aggregator just throw all the information at them, and they're like, "Oh, we'll see. This is what it's like." If you read the full Embiid quote, you would know that he's much more critical of himself than Ben, mm-hmm. but sure. <laughs> he hates Ben Simmons and threw him under the bus, which again, right. even if he did, was totally fine. Totally deserved. I just, I'm over it. We, you know what, it's just, I, <laughs> we forgot that uh, Embiid played with a torn meniscus all through the play <laughs> And didn't get surgery. Um, I mean, just Lord above, it has been, it has been the longest yet shortest offseason of my life, mm-hmm. and I... I, I still don't know how this works. I, I still don't it know doesn't. how. I there's no there's no feasible way that come October 22nd when the Sixers somehow play a basketball game against the Brooklyn Nets that this is going to be all peachy keen. There's no chance. Like and like, like we said, Ben Simmons can't even travel with the team because of the the league protocols and everything. I, I just don't see how he can even how Ben Simmons can even like think about showing his face in that locker room, first of all. It that like that's just flat out embarrassing. And two, it you know, what does he expect walking into the Wells Fargo Center the first time that the Sixers play a game there? What what is he thinking? Like everybody's gonna celebrate? No. What I'm not looking forward to that is 
Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. It's, it's going to just spun negatively on the fans, which is yeah. incredibly, incredibly unfair. This guy's had nothing but negative things to say. In the last four months, every Sixers fan has had to hear about how they're the worst. Like, I listen, I'm not trying to like get on a soapbox and act like the worst thing that's happened to anyone is in the last summer has been the dehumanization of Sixers fans and Philly sports fans. But I am sick of it. I am mm-hmm. sick of like the the constant finger wagging in front of fans and saying you can't boo, you can't boo this guy, even if he leaves the team. You have to you have to have respect. No, fuck you. <laughs> Tickets are three hundred fucking dollars, and this guy can't be fucked to dunk a fucking basketball in the playoffs. He deserves to get booed with every. If you show up, you buy a ticket, you pay your money, you're allowed to fucking boo. Mm-hmm. You're allowed. That's part of the deal. You're allowed to do it, and that doesn't just happen in Philadelphia thing either. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of this being. Oh, the Philly sports fans are the coolest humans on planet Earth. They're psychos. It's like it's just not true. Every single city has subsets of fans that are much more fanatical than others, that can take things to an extreme that others typically wouldn't. And every single fan base, ones that matter, I'm not talking like Phoenix, I'm not talking like Minneapolis, I'm talking real sports cities boo their teams literally all the time. Literally all the time. There's, there's not a single occasion in which a, a major market team has not gotten booed repeatedly throughout a season. Yankees fans boo their team. Mets fans boo their team. The Mets players boo their team back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Jets get booed. I've seen the Chargers get booed, but that's probably by opposing fans because they don't have fans. I've seen the Rams get booed. I've seen the Lakers get I've We've seen it all. Like I, I'm so tired of it just being Philly sports fans are the worst and... I, I, I don't want it to turn into... He's going to get booed, right? That's a fact. I don't want it to turn into this thing where after the game we get post-game comments from Doc and from Embiid saying that it's not helpful and that we need to be better too and Tobias and, you know, they'll ask Dwight about it and Dwight be like, yeah, you know, and, and then they'll ask... Danny Green will say, oh, well, you know, like, he tried his best. It's like, okay, you know what? If we booed the, the mites on ice, it, then you can say, hey, it's come on, but... He's a grown man who got a max extension who was just trying to worm his way out of the team the entire summer. He ghosted everyone. He would not say a word. And when he did say a word, it was incredibly negative. It was all about getting out of the city and how he didn't want to be here anymore. And he constantly reminded everyone that he was moving on and that he was selling his house and selling his apartment. I'm sick of it. I'm not being gaslit into feeling like... I am in the wrong for being upset with Ben Simmons and that if I was going to one of these games, I would be 100% booing him. 
So that's my preemptive. I mean, just save that clip for next week when there's a story about how Philly fans are the worst because we booed Ben Simmons. Because that is that is what's gonna happen. There's gonna be this whole finger wagging thing about you can't do that. That's not that's not that's not right. No, fuck you and fuck Ben Simmons. (laughs) Boom, roasted. Um, that is my preemptive anger spilling out. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean. And continue, like, Doc Rivers came out and said, I guess it was after practice, they asked him about Ben Simmons and his, uh, you know, potential to play for this team. He was like, we'll see. I don't know if he's going to play or not. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> it is just, it is like the Chernobyl day 10 <laughs> inside the Camden, uh, the Camden practice facility. <laughs> I mean, they got the elephant's foot and everything. They're peeking around corners with mirrors. It is... It's one of the. I think it's genuinely the most bizarre sports things I that I've seen as like within my own team. There's obviously been crazier stories, of course, but I can't remember a situation like this that is just so s- swamped in awkwardness. Because again, this guy spent the entire last few months crying about getting out of here. Every day, not even just like once a week. No, every day we're getting updates on this guy. From every major media outlet, I mean, just getting 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 pumped like crazy about how he doesn't want to be back in Philly, about how he feels wronged by the organization, all this garbage, and now it's like, yo, I I'm back. Hey guys, just find a spot for me. It's like, brother, I I don't know where you go from here. I don't know how this gets amended, and I I do worry that this affects the team too, because by all accounts, preseasons looked good. A lot of good news about it out of camp. Like everyone's like going well. Outside of Doc thinking uh, Shake Milton is better player than Tyrese Maxey. And that's the thing that sucks is like all of this has like really diverted the attention from that Doc sucks mm-hmm. and is a terrible coach and was a bad hire to begin with. And I'm I wasn't. You can go back to my tweet the day Doc sucks. The Sixers still suck. I am going to be a fool and watch anyway. Doc is not a good coach. Ben Simmons deserves a lot of the blame for for what happened in the playoffs. Doc Rivers deserves a lot of blame for what happened in the playoffs. We know about the bench squad that he, bizarro, whatever reason, decided was adequate, even though they're getting torched every single time. Did nothing to help Ben either. I mean, just... And and from all accounts, too, has not gotten along with Ben in his entire time here. I don't care if Ben is a prickly dude. I don't care if he's... That's your job as a coach. It is literally you are paid millions of dollars to just figure this shit out. So figure this shit out and figure it out. Because I'm I'm done with it. Doc is on, I don't know, the tightest rope you can imagine. (laughs) Think of dental flaws cut into an eighth of its size. That is the tightrope on which Doc Rivers exists with me. I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. I don't like that he's a bad coach. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of Doc Rivers. When did we get all these like curmudgeony old guys as as like uh, our coaches and managers that just refuse to play young talent that just can't see what's right in front of them? Doc Rivers, you're a great person, but I do not want you coaching this team anymore. And that has really been lost in all of this. Is that Doc Rivers should also be uh, taking a walk? Yeah, and we've been on that since the playoffs ended. Like, yes. Number one priority was like we didn't want to see Ben Simmons anymore, but two, like you said, we've we've been on the bandwagon that Doc has not been the guy for this team. Was it 
time to move on from Brett, absolutely. But Doc is just not the answer. Should have gone with Ty Lue. <laughs> Should have gone with Ty Lue, but whatever. Um, as far as what the Sixers are looking like, I mean, it is the toughest division in the East. Obviously, the Nets have their own issues with Kyrie. A part of the team, in name at least, but not not being allowed to practice now, uh, essentially being, I don't even know what you would call it, excused, <laughs> pushed away. Uh, Forced into retirement. PNG'd, persona non grata. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, I just... I, th- I think that this could be a very uncomfortable start to this season. If things go ba- like if the first few games go poorly, which has not been typical of the Sixers in the last few years, typically they started very well. If things go poorly, I do worry about what happens to this team and the kind of pressure that they would be under. I've said all along that I trust Daryl Morey. I trust him to make the smart decision. I think he's a good guy. I, I just can't help but worry on a human level what happens to this team if things go badly and it's like, you know, a 2-5 and five start or something. I don't think that's going to happen. But there is a world where that happens. And if you think it's toxic now, if you think there's like negative stories now, if we are like two weeks into the season and this team is a few games below 500, like that is... You're done. You're gonna reach new depths of Philadelphia hell that Grady didn't know existed. Like, <laughs> uh, I also don't know if you saw the story or quote from Stephen A. Smith this week. Oh, about uh, yeah, Daryl's lurking in the shadows about uh, still trying to bring James Harden to Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And and any day Santa is gonna bring me uh the GameCube that I wanted in 2005. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure that we're in for like, James Like, what Harden. are we doing with that? Lord above, it's not true. Stephen A. Smith, great TV personality. He's a character. <laughs> he doesn't know things. And we should stop pretending that uh, he does. Everything he says is a bit. It's all not the real. Um, the Speaking of TV personalities, uh, the the saga that just continues to overshadow everything in the NFL right now. Lesson learned for everybody. Don't don't talk to Bruce Allen. John Gruden resigns as Raiders head coach during Monday Night Football. Ironic. Um, due to emails he sent out over the last 10 years or 10 years ago. Uh, and as Adam Schefter said, who is now being talked about today because of these emails, uh, John Gruden had a clean sweep of offending everybody and i don't think there was any anti-semitic jokes in the uh, in there or that we saw at least but yeah. yeah i mean they were coming if gruden didn't resign you were the man hid for the racist cycle which is just not good you do not you do not ever want to be like when the list is he had racist misogynistic homophobic it's like okay wow this guy has done it all i think the the bigger umbrella of this is like hey don't be racist or misogynistic or homophobic like channel that energy energy somewhere else maybe go to therapy maybe like read a book i don't know live in the 21st century and realize there's no place for that stuff anymore there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can work your way out of that and i don't think this is over either like we're you know 
they're they're going to say that they're not going to put out all these emails and there's apparently 650,000 of them. We're going to get more cuz apparently it's not just Gruden and and people are saying, "Oh, this is their chance to, you know, just kind of cover up more from the Washington football team scandal cuz this is where it all stems from." But this whole story's not over and and more stuff today came out with Adam Schefter allegedly uh, sending, you know, unpublished articles to Bruce Allen and, and calling him Mr. Editor and, and people taking that as, as Schefter spinning the narrative one way or another. And this was back in 2011 during the lockout. And I think, well, that's what's uncomfortable about that article is like, it's not just like, Hey, here's your chance to like respond to any like claims mm-hmm. you're making, or, something. or did like, I quote you correctly? Right, like this is this was an article written about the CBA negotiations, which again we like maybe lose sight of this sometimes. The NFL and the players are in a union, like mm-hmm. this, like the players have a union. They were potentially striking and were at a bargaining table with the owners, and you have what to us is presented as a very objective, just news source doing the opposite of that getting a subjective take from someone and an edited take from someone on the other side of the table to be presented to you as an objective like truth or a a, a neutral viewing of the situation like that's what's really uncomfortable about that email now i i totally see it from that standpoint as well and i also am curious because Calling him Mr. Editor seems very facetious. Yeah, it. I I wonder if there's, like, context that we're maybe lacking there. It's weird that, like... Okay, so... For those out of the loop... <laughs> <laughs> these emails come from the investigation of the Washington football team because they have had multiple scandals that have been quietly, I think, pushed under the table. Um, a lot of those around toxic workplace behavior... Uh, a lot of misogyny, a lot of sexual harassment. There's also uh, alleged instances where the cheerleaders were sent out of the country and were essentially forced into going on dates with, you know, paying customers, you know, people that were ticket holders with uh, with the Washington football team. Stuff that is like, if you would like to look into it, I don't want to <laughs> spend the whole time talking about it, but it's, it's really not good, um, and that's putting it, very mildly that's not doing it justice to how bad the situation is this these emails are coming from an investigation of that type of behavior and it's strange because they said what there's six hundred and fifty thousand emails but we're hearing about like 15 of them it seems like all from a guy who's not even who at the time was an nfl employee was an espn employee which again him Schefter, espn that's also very strange it's just it's just weird that like we're hearing so much about guys that were not really involved in this actual investigation where we're getting the emails from um and who's leaking these emails i who knows i i just think it's strange it's it's a strange situation i think you're right in saying there's there's likely going to be more to this but also who knows because <laughs> the nfl has in its past withheld information when it's felt that that's valuable to them mm-hmm. or when it's going to be prudent for them i can think of the ray rice situation which i think is clear in a lot of people's minds that they were they had the video of him assaulting his wife and didn't do anything with it until they were prompted essentially <laughs> like 
the NFL, I, I think, is in a very dangerous area of this could go beyond just like sports reporting. You are talking about like genuine political implications. You're talking about like genuine like CNN covering this from a a, a scandal mm-hmm. of of racism and misogyny. Like especially in an era where like we've seen these types of stories become much more pervasive. And I think people are much more willing to do investigative reporting about this kind of stuff and bring it to light. And it, and we should, we shouldn't allow these people to just like get to have their little boys club and say these terrible things about other people. Like, no, I'd, I'd like to know, actually, I would like to, I would actually love it. Yeah. The, the weird reaction of everyone is like, well, why don't you open up your emails from the last thing? I gladly. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you can see a lot of boring shit. It's mostly going to be a lot of spam. The few emails I've sent have been all been professional and courteous. Even they've been to like my own family members. Like, I don't know what you all have to hide in your yeah. emails. I have nothing. <laughs> and I like 10 years ago, it's probably, uh, you know, oh, congrats on your high score at newgrounds.com. <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago, it's like my PSAT AT scores. Like, <laughs> I just, I think it's. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's, it's, I would like to know, I would like to know more. I'd like to know who is actually like a terrible human being and that they shouldn't, they shouldn't be in an environment like this. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't get to live out other people's dreams and be terrible people. They shouldn't get to belittle other people. They shouldn't get to be gatekeepers of a sport. That's another big thing in this. And that, you know, he's asking to keep, uh, gay people out of the NFL. He's a much more harsh term than that, but that's not your place to make that call. John Gruden, you piece of shit. Like it's like, it's awful. It's All awful. He has the first openly gay active NFL right. player on his roster. And like, imagine what Carl Nassib was going through during all of training camp. The moment he put the video out, you know, coming out, like, right. He was probably like nervous as all hell that Gruden was going to cut him. I think what's weird about like what's uncomfortable about this too is like now like Nassib is going to be like this like puts him in such an uncomfortable situation where he's going to have to be this like spokesperson, yeah. which is just as tone deaf in my opinion. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sorry, Colin Nassib does not speak for every gay person in America or on the earth. So it's unfair to like yeah. put a, a microphone and say, like, do you have a response? It's like, that's, that's not his job to, he can say or do or say as little as he wants on this situation. He shouldn't be like prompted to say anything simply because he's also gay. Like that's such an uncomfortable situation now for him to be in. And it's just, it, what they said were disgusting, vile things. It's not cancel culture. It's accountability. It's accountability. It's also, you cannot be the face. The NFL teams are billion-dollar organizations. The Raiders just moved to Las Vegas. They're trying to make a new identity. They're trying to be a, a team that is putting in its roots, and John Gruden was the face of the Raiders. Not Derek Carr, not Henry Ruggs, not Josh Jacobs, hardly even Mark Davis. Is John Gruden. 
When you th- when you were thinking of the Raiders the last three mm-hmm. years, it was John Gruden's Raiders. Like it was no one else. So when the face of your organization is now being publicly shown to, to have said very deeply racist and vile things and misogynistic and homophobic things, you can't, as an organization, employ that person anymore. You just can't. Because he can't he will not have the respect of the locker room. Every single press conference would obviously be about these things. Like, this is not cancel culture. That's not what this is. This is just someone deservedly getting or losing their position because they are not mature enough. They are not, I don't even know the words. Like, they're not just well-rounded enough as a human being to understand that you don't talk and treat other people that way. Mm -hmm. There's no room for this shit anymore. I'm tired of these old white dudes. And they're, again, I think what else has been exposed in this too is just the blatant nepotism that exists in these circles. Everyone always loves to circle jerk Sean McVay. What a genius he is. He only gets this job because of his dad and it, like and his family connections. Like It's just it's sick. And these are, these are the types of things outside of the NFL that we need to be working to erase in society. There's no room for this talk anymore. Like I, I just don't get it. And, I don't and there get, never was. I don't get how anyone can come to defense of it. It's not like 2011 was some drastically different time. And these emails go all the way up to 2018. So even if 2011, which it didn't, exists in some alternate universe, which it didn't, where you could say these things, which again, it didn't, three years ago, you definitely, definitely were not saying these things. It was never right in 2011. It was never right in 2001. It was never right in 1991. It doesn't matter how far you want to go back. Saying these things is not right. Treating people that way is not right. And I would, I would like to know what other coaches uh, and what other GMs have said similar things. Well, something that caught me by surprise was for the first time since August 22nd, 2021, Jeff Fisher hopped on Twitter. And much to my, like, surprise, a very good statement from Jeff Fisher. Uh, he, his tweet caption was jumping on Twitter to clarify the below. Hope everyone is doing good. Sunglasses emoji pointing down emoji. Um, Michael Sam was the sec co-defensive player of the year in 2013. And we selected him in the 2014 NFL draft based on his defensive production and pass rushing skill set on the field as a head coach for over 20 years. We drafted or didn't draft players based on a variety of qualities. Their sexual orientation would never and should never play a part in the decision-making process. I continue to support Michael and his decision to come out as the first draft-eligible openly gay player in the league. It took courage to serve as a role model for those competitive football players who may also happen to be gay. Lastly, the NFL never encouraged or discouraged me regarding the selection of a potential prospect. Best, signed Jeff Fisher. Try not to laugh at some of the replies because some of them are pretty good, but I got to read this one. Nice message. Thanks for this. However, are you upset that it's no longer possible for NFL teams to pull Jeff Fisher and go eight and eight? Someone's reply, man, this is a serious issue. It shouldn't be joked around. It's just a drive into deep left field by Castellanos and that'll be a home run. And so that'll make it a four zero ball game. I just think what's weird about this too is like the first story appeared Friday or Saturday because he initially responded like John Gruden initially responded to that first story and there was a very like I had certainly never heard that term uh, that was used Mm -hmm. it definitely seemed racist this was like the Tosh.0 skit where it's like 
they throw out a bunch of like <laughs> words of like, is that racist? Yeah. And they have like the, the, the minority council. Um, it felt like that was one of those workshop words. It's like, that sounds kind of racist. A little bit. Um, I had never heard it, but, uh, and he said he didn't have a racist, he said he had, didn't have a racist blade in his body, which I don't understand what that meant. But then, you know, we get more of this. So it's hard for me to believe anyone. Yeah. Because, of course, you're not going to come out and say, yeah, well, I had some pretty bad emails, too. I should see myself out. So I I hope that we get more from the NFL. I, I wonder, too, if, like, do they ex- like do they expect this just to go away? Because it might. I mean, let's let's not pretend like we're great at keeping, you know, investigative stories alive and that we don't have – you know, like next next week with the opening of basketball and something crazy will happen tomorrow night in the Bucks Eagles game. Like these things move very fast. I think a lot of people have already forgotten about the the Washington football team, like cheerleader mm-hmm. scandal, about the glass staircase where they're looking at women's like skirts. Like I think a lot of people have already forgotten those stories, which were egregious and vile and awful. So I well, and apparently in these Gruden emails, they were sending naked photos of right. They they were sending topless photos of the cheerleaders. That's it's just all awful shit. <laughs> it's just it's all reprehensible. It's all vile. Everyone involved should definitely be losing their position of employment. I I don't. These people should not have public positions. No. They should not be getting to live. They should not be in the front of the line for these things. You you can't act that way anymore. It and it needs like there needs to be action about it. You can't just like. There's no more brushing it off. There's no more, ah, well, you know, it's like locker room talk or whatever no. nonsense I want to call it. No, like <laughs> I've I've been in locker rooms my life, played sports my whole life. There are people that have been in journalism that will tell you that they've never heard people say things like that in a locker room. Like that's not acceptable talk anywhere. I don't care who you are mm-hmm. like or what position you hold. And I would, again, I want to hear more. I, I, I want more of these emails. I want to know who else is involved. I don't care if you have to destroy the whole league. I really don't. Because this league is awful. And that's what they continue to show us, too. That's what gets lost. And every time there's an NFL scandal is the NFL is a bad thing. They do terrible things to people. They lie about brain damage to their players. They Which allow, was another thing Gruden mentioned in was very flippant about. Again, when we say he hit for the cycle, he he went yeah. all the way. He did not hold back on his Drive thoughts. deep to left. Yeah, I mean, geez. Um, the, like... They do bad things, and they allow bad people to do bad things repeatedly, and they don't care. And at what point do like you're? At what point do you feel like no longer? Like you can't support that anymore. You know, like it gets hard at a point where it's like you listen to the things the NFL is allowed to happen and allowed to 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 continue, and it's like. I don't know that this is something I want to support anymore. I think you're you're getting to that point where it's like. I, I don't know how much more I can take and listen to this and think like, yeah, well, I'll still be in for red zone Sunday. You know, like it's just, it, it bothers me a lot. Well, I'm curious if, uh, Derek Carr's family members, uh, apparently might be on this. I don't know if you saw this quote. I did. Derek Carr on John Gruden quote. It's hard because I love the man so much. I have family members that have done things. I think more than anything, coach needs people to love him. But at the, uh, at the time, at the same time, What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. Derek, please elaborate. What have your family members done? Yeah, well, well, he also had another uh, uh, another quote that uh, I really liked, and I was like, you know what, Derek Carr? I'm not sure I agree with you on everything, but... Um... <laughs>
to get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Sorry, I'm just trying to find it. It was essentially, uh, why don't we just open up everyone's emails? And let's, yeah, open up everything, see what happens. Raiders Derek Carr said some GM said some GMs, coaches would sweat if their emails were opened up. I agree, Derek. Yeah. I agree. Let's let's just let's just have a day. You know, like maybe make it halftime. The halftime show is just they go through every single GM's emails. They give you just the highlights. It's like, hey, here's the awful things that people in your organization said and did. With let's, Chris Berman. And you put them you bring them out on the field and you just let crowd justice take over. Chris Berman announcing. <laughs> Whoop! God, God, let's hope that Chris Berman was not on any of these. Oh, please, no. He's a national treasure. Uh, for now. For now. <laughs> this ESPN link is kind of strong. Um, Matt, the Phillies, uh, they have a new hitting coach. And uh, some people might not know the name Kevin Long. But you'll know you'll know a situation that went down this year uh, with Kevin Long, and that is uh, remember the game when the Phillies were playing the Nationals and Joe Girardi and his old pal Kevin Long when they used to uh, coach with the Yankees together. I mean, John Middleton always said he wanted to be the Steinbrenner of the South, uh, so he's bringing in another former Yankees coach. Those two were getting at it, cursing at each other, and now they're back on the same bench together. Wonderful. And if, as if these playoffs couldn't get any worse. God, has it just all taken the worst turn for us? A battle of the cheaters in the ALCS. Oh, my God. The fucking Atlanta Braves. <laughs> who everybody is... And, you know, we, we like Ronald Acuna Jr., obviously. He's a fantastic player. We just hate that he plays for the Braves. Everybody, like, pitching the Braves is like this, like... Happy-go-lucky underdog because they lost their best player. Remember when, they, remember when their fans threw a bunch of garbage on the Ugh. field? Next next time someone writes a, a, a terrible think piece about how Philly sports fans are terrible people, they threw in what, like May? Yeah. <laughs> they threw like 3,000 tons of garbage on the field because Alec Bohm was incorrectly called. I don't even feel bad. He was correctly called safe, safe. on that play. Um, that was we the beginning talk. of the end of the Philly season. We won't. T- yeah, Jesus. That was the last great moment. It was six months ago. Uh, it's just the worst, and it's probably gonna. It's probably gonna end up being Giants and Braves. And the Giants are the 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 easiest to root for of the four teams remaining. For you, think about that. For you, <laughs> I'm I. I can't root for the Red Sox. I, I can't like. I cannot, I cannot, cannot root for the Giants. There's no part of my my I can't body. root for the Braves. I can't. Like, here's the order for me. Braves, uh, Giants, Braves. Actually, Giants, Astros, yep, Braves, Red, Red Sox, Sox for me personally. I, I like. I'm not thrilled about the Red Sox. Not thrilled about Alex Cora. At the end of the day, though, I don't know. You, you know, know how like, much it hurts me watching fucking Nick Pavetta out there becoming a folk hero in Boston. But it's like it's like Boston's so like nobody cares, like because they've won so much this like century. Exactly. So it's like it's just another like 
cufflink to them. Whereas, like, if the I Giants don't need that win fucking it, you, no, because here's the thing: nineteen year old saying, thing "Oh, is, I've if, seen twenty championships <laughs> in my lifetime. Look at me, you yeah, piece someone, of shit." Someone get him on the emails. <laughs> I'm gonna kind of open up his emails. Somebody's got some dart in there. He's stooge. Um, I can't do the Giants because it is just going to be like. Well, last time they were in the world, like, oh my god, it's gonna be. You remember when they they ruined Matt Castorina's life in eleventh grade? Let's let's cut to that. Here's him crying on the couch. Remember this, Tim Lincecum? What a great what a great guy, huh? Everyone loves him except for you Part watching at home. Sinister Six. <laughs> it's just the worst. I I can't do the Giants. every team. Is I can't just... do the. Oh, it's an odd year, so you know, it's an odd year. It's the Giants. Christ, someone shoot me in the face repeatedly if that happens. I can't do the Giants. Well, at least the Giants, it was even years, so they would just switch that up for them. I but can't do it. I can't. They're I the they're I the can't easiest. Do the Giants. They're the easiest of the four. I can't. The Astros. Root for... The Astros really should be number one because they're the most reprehensible out of all of them. And I think the most easy to hate as, like, a neutral general baseball fan, I just have, like, emotional trauma tied to the San Francisco Giants. That's why I just can't get there. I just can't do it. I truly can't. The Astros are, like, hate them. They're the worst. They're bags. I want the worst for them. Not their fans. Fans don't deserve it. You know, they didn't choose that life. Except for the fans that are caping for them in the the Twitter mentions. Um, Correa season. The Braves is just like I can't. I can't, I can't root do, for a division I can't rival. I've had the Nationals, the Dodgers, and the Braves win a World, World Series yeah. in in the last few. Like and, just, and we've seen the fucking cicadas in the World Series I'm, since the last time the Phillies were in the like, playoffs. Emotions can't handle that. No, I'm not emotionally prepared. And the Red Sox, outside Alex Cora, it's like <sighs> I can't do the the entitled pasty boston fans but like i feel like i can live with that now though you know like i feel like i'm kind of over that i feel like it's just like yeah but i deal with pat pitts every day okay that's fair (laughs) that's i mean that's fair that's fair it's different when you have someone in your very personal circle and works for our company (laughs) but i feel like you know like i feel like the boston stuff is like it doesn't phase me the way it used to because it's like it's ah whatever like good for you if you've gotten to see a championship every other year in your life that's so awesome and by the way super jealous that's where all this is coming from (laughs) i wish i wish that we had a quarter a quarter of those championships you imagine philadelphia if we had like six championships since like since like 1990 you don't have to give us since the turn of the millennia give us since like 1990 give us six championships we got two Give us five. <laughs> I'm bargaining now against myself. That's how desperate I am. I will undercut myself. It's I will worst. cut myself. <laughs> if that's what it takes. Just tell me where and how deep. Uh, I will cut myself right now for you. I will bleed for this city to have another championship. I promise. It is just awful. I just a, a terrible showing in the play and i mean i and if it's the dodgers it's like i can't i hope nobody wins top bins top tier commentary top drawer upper 90 you already down. know you it's more already no
I think that's how it always goes. We went like 45 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Again, if it's the Dodgers, it's like whatever. They just spend like four hundred. I just don't want dollars. that shit like bag. The, Trevor Bauer getting a fucking ring. The, it's just like they spent like the GDP of a, a nation to get there. So it's like whatever. Who cares? It's the Dodgers. It took them twenty however years to get there. Great. Good for you. You only had to spend seven billion dollars in the process. Nice work. And it'll be funny watching them try and spend the Dodgers as like some like story and it's like no yeah. one gives a shit about no. these mercenaries <laughs> like, no, one, no one cares i could give a shit what clayton, clayton kershaw thinks clayton not my goat i'm gonna name like clayton you're Jesus. nothing clayton you're absolutely nothing what a terrible playoffs it's the worst baseball is the worst sport it's the dumbest sport <laughs> i and you know it's deserving of being America's pastime because we're also the dumbest, stupidest, worst country on the planet. So it only makes sense we picked the dumbest, worst, most stupid sport to represent our pastime. How stupid are we? Quite stupid. I just, you know, maybe like they'll just cancel the playoffs. Maybe Rob Manfred will be like, ah. Nobody wants this hunk of metal anyway. <laughs> yeah. What would be the most toxic World Series? Like, as a neutral. Not as from our perspective, but, like, um, is it Astros-Dodgers? Is that is that the most toxic one? Because that's a rematch, maybe. too, of, like, of... I, f I feel like that one could be spicy. Astros-Dodgers. Uh, trying to think of who, like, the National League, like, component would be with a Yankees World Series. Yankees-Cardinals? Yeah. Yankees Cardinals would have been bad because Cardinals is like they're not toxic they're just like that pompous like we're better than everybody well they're from the Midwest Kyle I mean come that's on. true it's like you live in Missouri <laughs> I mean come on it's yeah, all they probably have. those two it's all they have all they have is the Cardinals <laughs> the Rams were stolen from them they had to pay 70 million dollars just to have a meeting with Stan Kroenke for him to be like, go to L.A., sorry, don't care. Not building an actual contractable <laughs> roof on our stadium, bye. <laughs> Left on red. <laughs> have, <laughs> I know you people like your stupid baseball game, so I'll leave you with that. You Enjoy. could have hosted the Olympics in 2026. <laughs> Instead, you'll be <laughs> filleting Nolan Arenado for the next 27 years. Enjoy your stupid arch. <laughs> Dumb arch. <laughs> Absolutely stupid. I'm gonna go have dinner with pools now. Bye. <laughs> God, did we just make an enemy of the Cardinals? Did we just? I mean, did we really just degrade the city of St. Louis? I have long been known to despise the St. Louis. Cardinals. Never heard anything good about St. Louis. Anytime someone says St. Louis, they're like, "Oh, it's one of the worst crime rates in America." And they is that the place that slices their bagels weird? Maybe is that the one that slices them like like bread pieces? 
like real like thin and like rounded to like dip in cream cheese. I think it is St. Louis. Which is uh Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep, they're the worst. <laughs> we found it. <laughs> you know, all this time, we got them. We've been worried about like ISIS and like all these terrorists from like outside our borders. Those are the people that we should be worried about. If you if you take a bagel and slice it that way, I'm like I'm not talking slicing. Maybe this, since this is audio, people don't get the picture. They're slicing oh, it. We'll clip this. They're slicing it like downwards, like into tiny little loaves, and it's like that doesn't like it got that's slap chopped. Not how a bagel works. It is a delivery service to your mouth of of goods of other food. It is not a chip. If you want a chip, get a chip. Don't do that. God almighty. Psychopaths. I mean, listen. When in St. Louis, you know, you slice <laughs> you slice your bagel like a doofus. Uh, also, circling back to the Gruden thing, good on the Buccaneers for moving John Gruden from their Ring of Honor. It's about the best thing the Buccaneers ever did. They, Does this uh, mean that, like, uh, I mean, asking for a friend, I don't know that. Maybe you could, like, I don't know, like, maybe like college football this thing where it's like you vacate their win and maybe we just like put and simulate you know the, the super bowl instead or something i don't know you just do that i'd settle i'd settle for a virtual hollow win i'd do that just nullify ronde barber <laughs> and uh i recorded eagles enemies today which is out uh on the podcast feed with James Yarcho from Bucks Nation and the Locked On Bucks podcast, he said it's it's even more interesting because there's a statue outside of the Bucks practice facility commemorating the Super Bowl, and Uh-oh. Gruden's on the statue. Somebody's gonna be out there with two F-150s yanking that thing, throwing it into alligator-infested swamp. It's gonna go in the the statue. Uh, prison with kate smith someone's gonna have sawtooth grass and just going <laughs> going to work on john gruden's ankles uh so yeah you guys can get prepped for the eagles game with the eagles enemies now available on the podcast feed but matt it's time for our buffs and stuff survivor segment brought to you by our friends at play pickup you guys can play the hottest headlines in sports by going to playpickup.com. Make sure you tune into our Thursday night football live streams every single Thursday night on Twitch and Twitter, where myself, Pat Pitts, and a plethora of other underground sports Philadelphia personalities uh, play Thursday night props presented by Pickup and uh, rack up points that you can cash in for prizes. And uh, it's the be- It's one of the best things going. If you're not on playpickup.com, what are you doing? So go to playpickup.com, start playing the headlines now. On the hottest headlines in sports. Mad Survivor went down. And so did Brad. Our broccoli Brad. Broccoli boy is gone. Uh, a simple veggie tail, if you will. Uh, with a gazillion advantages in his pocket. Yeah, he went out with uh, a not fully realized idol. The extra vote. And that was it, right? think so right or the steal a vote too he had a steal a vote as well that's right yeah so more advantages than james had in china <laughs> tough tough look for old brad um gets blindsided at least he was blindsided by that vote i think uh i think this is this is this was a good shan episode 
we'll get to this with the power ranking, but she seemed to be the decision maker in that. Bizarre that JD... Listen, you don't have her for any reason, at any time, for any reason, for any purpose, at any time, for any reason, never, under no circumstances, for any reason, do you ever give someone your advantage to hold. I know that they didn't, like, consecrate it with, like, I am giving this to you, but, like, massive Eric vibes. When he said, yeah, when he said that this is either... This, this this might be the stupidest thing ever done or the smartest like no it's the stupidest no, shit you did the you did the dumb thing i like you did the dumb you chose the bad the bad option you did the bad thing here um i was really expecting shan to be like all right well i'm just gonna vote him out but i i think she still made the smart decision by getting rid of brad who seemed to be more in line with genie who was not on the same page with anyone uh we had highlighted that for the first episode that Ricard randomly got a vote from her that was kind of dug up again at tribal. So, um, Brad, it just seemed like sometimes it's just, it's just not your day and you get real unlucky. And that was it. He was a very entertaining guy though. I liked watching him. He was he frenetic. Was, he was, he was something. Everyone pretty much said he was like somebody who you would want to see play survivor season one was plopped out of that timeline and dropped right into Survivor Season 41. Definitely felt uh, old school. I like that he took the risks, though. Mm -hmm. he, he took the risks. He went in, he went in on everything. Um, Did a little old man yelling at the sky when everybody was too loud in the morning. Yeah. Which is odd because he's a farmer. And yeah, you'd think you'd he'd expect be him to be up rise. early. I don't know. Listen, Brad. Maybe it's a time zone thing. I don't know. This is my only chance I get to sleep. <laughs> Pipe I, down, kids. <laughs> so, I... Uh, I, I felt I felt bad though, you know. I wanted to see more of Brad, but I think ultimately probably the best decision. We finally got to see someone other than Yellow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, we got to see a little bit more of Green's dynamic, which is now opened us up to now a very clear Ricard Shan duo with JD seemingly involved there. Genie very much on the outskirts. Um, JD, by the way, getting caught with the advantage. I'm going back to it. He had it like hanging out of his like underwear or yeah, out of his shorts. shorts. It's like. Man, like, come on, be a little better at that. Thought you were a super fan. I, you know, like, do a better job of hiding that. He also did his best Ben Simmons impression. That was awful. <laughs> that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Shan just saying no NBA. <laughs> yeah, just do it normal, or let the the seven foot creature on your team just reach up yeah. and place them. Because maybe I like I get it. Listen, I get the thought process. Like, hey. You know, if I like kind of do a jump, like finger roll, like I'll close the distance and maybe it's easier. But you're after, like, like five you, four. You're small, and after the first few attempts, when it clearly isn't getting you anywhere, you gotta just tap out. Yeah. You'd like there's a sunk cost things in challenges like this where people want to just go until they get one because like mentally they just need that juice, they need that like that good like oh yeah, I help the tribe out. You're actually helping more if like after four or five tries, you're like I don't have it, someone else cycle in. You know, like and. Listen, the edit can, like, play with it a little bit and make it seem like people are worse at the challenges or better than they actually are. But, like, it did feel like Brad immediately came in and was like, all right, tide has shifted a little bit. By the way, hard challenge. That seems Very. like an incredibly difficult thing to do. When I saw that, I was like, how are people going to do this? I would like to know how long that actually took yeah. for people to accomplish. We also had New Prisoner's Dilemma, which is how Brad, uh, you know, got one of his many advantages that he left with in his pocket 
Uh, so we'll see if that switches up tonight. But we'll get into our power rankings. Your top three that seem pretty safe. Your 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 top three that have won a, a an immunity idol from Matt. So I I think Deshaun Billy was my number one last week. He did nothing to change that for me. Um, he still has a lot of power in this game. He has an extra vote. He knows where the idol is if he chooses to actually go and, and go through that. There is a question, obviously, raised what happens now with Brad's idol. How right. does that work? I'm sure that will be cleared up for us on tonight's episode. The only thing that worries me about Deshaun, which, again, could be by the time people are listening to this, they've probably already seen Wednesday night. We literally record this right before the show. Right. Is that at least the hints tonight is that there might be a blue vote. We don't know exactly the blue tribe's dynamics. We've not heard anything from Heather barely know anything about Erica and that's just the unfortunate reality of being a team that's won every challenge is just they're not going to pay attention to you because they have to show the people that are going to tribal right so we all understand why people are being voted out my only worry with Sean is we haven't seen a vote yet with him and where exactly he lies and allegedly blue is trying to throw the challenge tonight right which I don't and don't like never endorse never want to throw the challenge just win <laughs> just get a survivor survivor is literally just survival get Call to back the, next to the Raiders day. just win baby <laughs> just get to the next day and and worry about the rest afterwards you never want to throw a challenge always a bad choice number two this is tough I think it's still Evie I don't she didn't do anything in that episode to really make me feel like wow add on her like kind of just stay in the same spot you know she won she beat all the teams she should have beat this week <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> it's like the number two c is like yeah they took care of it they didn't you know this is still the same team that you saw um and number three for me is shan who i think really rose rose for me i i liked what it, we had seen on her in the first few episodes i feel like everything in the green tribe clearly runs through her which yeah. is great for her power ranking and for like wow she's very good at the game she's a very good social game clearly people have like a ton of trust in her it's not often that like brad was seemed very shocked and was very like wow like (laughs) i trust a lot of like what shan says and i i'm he would divulge everything to her jd gave her his advantage (laughs) um and her and ricard seem to clearly have a very strong Alliance, and I, I would imagine as well, she has a good relationship with Jeannie. Jeannie seems more against Go Ricard than anything. Um, so yeah, Shan for me, I, I think I was really impressed. Yeah. With. The only thing that worries me is like, you know, like she is in a very powerful position. Sometimes Survivor's about peaking at the right time. Yeah. I'm not saying she's peaking now, but I just worry that like if you're like a juggernaut and like it feels like maybe there's a merge or something coming soon. We don't know, mm-hmm. right? Of course, but. You know, maybe like, maybe that gets uncomfortable for you, and people see you as the threat that you are. And when you're not around, just your tribe. If you're in a bigger pool of players, or you get really unlucky with some kind of swap or something, like that's the only thing that worries me about Shan. But that could happen to just about everyone, so it's not exclusive just to her. But I think she uh, she really impressed me. Yep, my top three is the same for all those reasons. Like Deshaun, Blue Tribe just continues to win. He's got the advantage. Uh you know the extra vote and I, I just think he's a he's a powerhouse so far Evie all the reasons you said and then Shan definitely moved into the top three with just you know kind of controlling the green tribe now has you know that dangling fruit over JD's head and uh she's becoming more of a social game powerhouse as well as the weeks have gone on so definitely in my top three there my bottom three 
uh, number one, JD, like you folded under pressure, pal. Like you, you fumbled the bag so hard. Not a good explanation either. No, uh, just really, really just bad. He really showed his age, <laughs> and that's not a slight on him. We've all been young and yeah. been caught in bad situations, and you don't handle it well when you're that. Yeah, it's just it's tough. It was a tough just look for JT. <laughs> Uh, number two is Nasir. Like, what are you doing waking up at 4 a.m. saying you got to vote out Danny? Like, your literally, team's literally your boy, Nasir. <laughs> a juggernaut. And then you're just up at the most random hour of the t- of the, the morning saying, oh, we got to get Danny out. Like, we, we got to do this. What are you doing, pal? Um, so Nasir's my number two. And then just for reasons that, you know, he still doesn't have his vote. We don't know what happens with Brad's part of the... The idle advantage, uh, Xander's number three. Yeah, I, I find it hard to disagree with uh, with those. Xander's in such a tough spot. I'm looking forward to seeing how. I, I really do wonder what's going to happen with, with Brad's idol. And, man, it's just the advantages are, like, really killer. Like so bad. Uh, God, that is such a – that is – that needs to be scaled back, I think, because, man, that yeah. is – I get wanting to make them a bit more of a risk. I'm all for it, and I, I like adding the twist. I like the uh, the beware advantages that they just like place at the tribes, and you have to go and meet with two other people. And it was a little different than just hey, take a hike and then make yeah. a decision. Like okay, you actually have to like politic with each other a little bit and maybe read the other person, um, and either get a tarp or an extra vote or whatever or nothing. I think the toughest part is like a lot of these advantages they're introducing are not circumstantial. Right? Right, you know, like, an extra vote really isn't of substance yet. Like, that's a steal vote really isn't of substance. Like, these are things that, and my only worry with this stuff is, like, it's kind of hard to remember and, like, track, like, okay, well, like, this person, like... I hope they keep showing it with the right. lower thirds. I, 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 which I think they will, like, that's a good thing to have, because, like, when you're, do- <laughs> you're introducing the amount of advantages that they yeah. are now, like, you need that. You need to be able to, like... When someone's in a confessional, be like, all right, cool. I Now I remember that person had that, whatever. So you don't have to show... Uh, you know, a, a flashback at the beginning yeah. of each episode. Like, hey, remember this? It's gonna, it's gonna matter. Tons like, of flashbacks this past episode too. It's like, oh, thirty minutes before. Like, yeah, I do like that though. I think it's cool. Like, what, what irks me a little bit about Survivors, like especially now you're on Paramount Plus. Why is there not just like a, I don't know, give us like twenty minutes. You know, they have like the secret scenes and stuff, but they've yeah. always they've had those for a long time now, and we'll eventually get to like hopefully at least we'll get the Ponderosa videos and things right. like that. But like. Why is there not like a twenty minute like producers cut? Producers cut or like, hey, like here's more stuff. It doesn't even have to be like consequential. Like, oh, well, it was in the producers cut, so it has to mean like, like just, no. just give us like, give us shoot the shit minutes. conversations. Give us like seven secret scenes. You know, like just give us those because we yeah. want them. Um, so this episode should be interesting. Especially seems it like looks like a, a ton of uh, blue tribe discourse. Uh, so we're going to go watch the episode. Make sure you guys follow at Buffs and Snuffs and tune into our Twitter spaces immediately after the episode to come shoot the shit with my, me, Matt, and whoever else wants to come through uh, for some post-survivor talk on the Twitter.com. And uh, be sure to follow us on social media at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Matt at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Make sure you guys check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. 
Give us your survivor takes. Let us know how you feel about Ben Simmons randomly showing up to the Sixers uh, facility to rejoin the team, allegedly, or whatever else comes to mind. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do, too. And uh, we'll be back right here, twitch.tv slash PHI tomorrow night. It'll be Pat Pitts and potentially some other people for Thursday Night Props presented by Pickup. And uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com with promo code USP. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer, go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. you got to be 21 or older to purchase, and of course, please drink responsibly. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 368. For Matt, I'm KB. Don't send any stupid emails, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.